0: and design the life you want to live. This is Tim Howard, the host of Reflect the Life You Want, I'm especially excited today to welcome, as a guest, Carolyn Potter of The Well House. So welcome to the show, Carolyn.
1: Yeah, hey Tim, I'm really glad to be here, thank you.
0: Well, you know, you and I have gotten to know each other a little bit through uh, your daughter Joy, who is a friend of mine here in Wilmington, now has moved down to the Birmingham, Alabama area. And we connected first time a couple years ago, I think, and I've just been uh, fascinated by the the ministry that you lead in the um, Birmingham, Alabama area at the Well House, and I wanted everybody that um, I know to learn more about that and how to how to understand how they can support the ministry and the program that you have going on uh, for women and their children.
1: Right um well it is so, a fascinating program but go ahead sorry
0: <laughs> yeah so what i like to do to kind of start off is just you you introduce yourself to us yeah. the listeners you know who is carolyn you know what's kind of your personal background your professional background and a little bit about the wellhouse, then we'll get into talking about some specifics
1: okay okay well again tim thank you for having me and this might also be a good time to say Thank you for, um, you know, not you weren't just a realtor to my daughter Joy. You were a friend. You cared for her and you guided her through some some real difficulties. And as a mother who yeah. was a long way away during some of that time, that brought great comfort to me. Every time I heard your name in connection to what was going on with her, I was really really comforted there. So thank you, first of all, for what you did. Well, for you're Joy. welcome.
0: And. Uh... Yeah. Your daughter, Joy, is, is an amazing young woman yes. and g- great friend. And it's just an yeah. honor and pleasure to be able to help her yeah. through a challenging situation.
1: Yeah, that, that definitely was. And so you helped us all. But um, and it was, you know, it's been great getting to know you. So my my background is, ironically, I'm, I'm back in Alabama uh, in the same county, small town where I grew up and never, ever thought I would return But that tends to be how God orchestrates things in our lives. Um, Yeah. So I um, have spent the majority of my adult life working with the underserved and underprivileged population of people, um, especially children, children who've been deemed neglected and abused um, and find themselves in foster care um, and then homeless, homeless people, homeless families. And then finally um, landed back in Alabama and working for the Well House, and here it's just like everything has come together, everything that I've done in the past, um, where God has provided a true ministry opportunity to serve at the Well House, and so in addition to Joy, I also have a son, uh, Jay, and you know we'll probably talk a little more about Jay in later on as we um, talk. Um, And then I have a a younger daughter, Julie, Juliana, and Juliana is married, lives in Texas. Uh, She's a pharmacist, her husband's in the Air Force, and Julie has two little girls, um, which I do not get to see often enough. So, but another highlight um, to our life is that we are also adopted and are raising my son's daughter. Um, she's now 14. she's been with uh, my husband and me since she was three years old. Um, and there's a there's a very long story there. We'd probably have to do another show uh, to to <laughs> let the audience know why but I'm certainly not the only grandparent raising uh, we're not the only grandparents raising grandchildren yeah. these days and again you know, lots of reasons behind that but um, she is absolutely delightful and has just overcome so much and is doing great. She's she's just the yeah the hope. You well, know, I've had the pleasure of
0: meeting Clara when she was here with you and uh, Joy most recently. I just realized all three of your children's names start with yeah. a J. Yeah. All three of my son's names start with a C.
1: Okay, how about that? So. I didn't plan yeah, it, but the by the time seeds. we got to the last one, it was like I, I probably should do this. But <laughs> I loved her name. I, I I knew that's what I wanted to name her. So yeah. And then there's Clara with well, awesome. the C. My well, team. I've
0: only met Joy and Clara, uh, but they're a delight, and yeah. uh, I'm sure you're a proud mom.
1: Yeah, definitely. Yeah.
0: Well. Tell us a little bit about the Well House specifically, yeah. and the mission of the Well House. And yeah. my understanding, it's um, you know it's geared towards helping women coming out of being victimized from sex trafficking. Yes, and then I think you now have a program for children yeah. as well.
1: Yes. So the Well House, um, the mission of the Well House is, and this is very important, is to honor God. By rescuing and providing opportunities for restoration to female survivors of human trafficking who have been sexually exploited, um, when I came to the Wall House seven years ago, it was it had been founded uh, three years prior by a survivor of trafficking herself, and mm-hmm. she did a really really awesome job of awareness of educating the community and you know, getting the word out about this issue. And it was also around the same time that this issue just started exploding around the country and people started recognizing these, this egregious criminal activity that's happening. And not just overseas, but this is happening here in America, in our small towns, our large towns. And so um, I inherited an organization that had been founded and a lot of awareness, um, a lot of of involvement with the community, but not really structured programming. And so we set out to um, provide programming and we we had a really great um, board at that time and still do, but our board chairman had located some property um, that was already set up for residential living. And so our goal was to develop out our five-year plan there on that property and purchase the property and just um, grow the well house there. But once um, people there in that town found out our mission and who we were serving, even though there had been zero problems prior um, during the two years we were there, they really uh, put up a big fuss about our being there and decided that um, they really did not want us there, regardless of they loved our mission. They thought we were doing good work, but didn't want it there in their backyard. So that's only because God had bigger and better plans, and we found yeah. our current property um, in 2016 mid-year. We negotiated with that city that we you know let us stay until we can build a new campus. And um, and 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 when I say this is a God-sized miracle, that's the only way to explain that we built a whole new campus within in six months' time, and moved a program, wow. moved the residents, moved the staff. And again, within six months, we were set up, and we were ready to just get down to work and go to work. And that was April of 2017. And I, I believe that is when the program really took off, the ministry really took off. And we um, began developing the programming around who we believed um, the residents were who were coming to us, or the survivors, and and they had five things in common. Uh, We found that they were almost all victims of childhood sexual abuse, which had made them very vulnerable to drug use and then to human trafficking. And so they were coming to us with layers upon layers of trauma, which we had to address. They were coming with substance use issues, of course. Who wouldn't have that? Whether they had it before they got into trafficking, or whether this is what was imposed upon them, or what they did to um, to survive, that was a big issue. Um, they were in need of life skills training—just your basic life skills. All the way up to employment skills, job readiness, those types of things, and then of course educational opportunities. They they needed that as well, and so we began developing a program around those areas. And today, I'm just really happy to say that it has grown. Um, we have hit all of the marks in our five-year plan, and have yet we're actually on our second five-year plan right now, and that we have the adult program um, that's it's just a great model doing very well we have the mothers and children's program and and these are for mothers who are able to regain custody of their children while they are with us and then we also have um, now a children's program for underage females who have been trafficked Um, that program is set to open um, uh, this year we're running out of months in this year, but we're just simply waiting on the licensing from our state's, um, from our state's social services agency. Sorry, my light is on the timer and it just went dim. I don't know if that, that matters or not, but, um, anyway, so we're, we're about, we, we have our staff, our staff are trained and we're ready to open that children's program as soon as the state sends us that license. Um, we have just, you know, developed many, many partnerships within law enforcement and hospitals and other social services agencies, as well as helped to found a national alliance of, of other programs who are doing similar work so that we could just develop some, some best practices and standards around this work, because it's very complicated, and who knew how to do this? Um But I have to also say... Huge need
0: and uh, needs a lot of support.
1: Yeah, yeah. We need a lot of support. I mean, not just from the medical and mental health and law enforcement community, um, those types of supports, but also from our donors. And we're just extremely blessed that we have donors who not only give, but they're engaged. And they come out and they volunteer, and we have a a, um, a grant that comes that also helps to support. This is uh, these are this is a grant for people who are specifically affected affected by criminal activities, and then we have a multitude of foundations who regularly give and support the Well House. So that has enabled us to really grow the program and serve more. Um, we know from surveys of other organizations that the average number of beds in most of these facilities are six to eight. And that's a good manageable number. I applaud them mm-hmm. if they are serving that many. We um, have 26 beds in the treatment wow. phase. That's the first year. Everything from coming in to the stabilization trauma center to our first phase, to our long-term phase. And then we have another 14 beds to accommodate those who graduate and who want to continue living on our campus in our transitional living apartments. Um, and, and now we've added 10 beds for the children's homes. So, um, and, I, and I have to just go back and say, it is just all God who allows us to do this and allows us to any measure of what people would consider success. And of course, measuring success, um, you know, that looks different for everyone, but we, we we're convinced that this model that we've been able to develop is working.
0: Mm -hmm. I imagine, you know, you know, one measure of success is just the impact to each individual woman's lives or their children that you're able to make. And, uh, I, you know, you, you and I, I've introduced you to a mutual friend I have that is a victim of this and well, doing some of her own work and trying to help develop curriculum to go oh beyond yeah. even some of the work that you do. And it's it's, it's both heartbreaking, yet it's encouraging Yeah. that there's organizations such as yours or The Well House that are stepping into the gap and have developed the curriculums and the skills and have the financial donors that are willing to step up and support these activities because it's it's happening every day right underneath our noses and we don't know it sometimes it is and sometimes we do but it's it's like right there in plain sight Mm -hmm. but uh, to help these women get out of this situation Mm -hmm. get healthy get whole and be able to live a productive life um, takes time takes energy takes money yeah, I'll, you know, we need you know the support that is, of others to step in.
1: Those are those are really great points, Tim. Um, happening in plain sight is absolutely true. Everything from the children to the adults, and we are certainly seeing even in our adult program more and more survivors at a younger age. They're coming to us more, you know, younger and younger. But um, you know, for the children, many of them are actually being trafficked by their families. That's just almost impossible for us to um, to conceive of that that something that evil could happen, but it does. And of course, you know we cannot close our eyes to what is happening at the southern border right now. People are being brought in solely for the purpose of being trafficked, and then they're they're spread into the. Um, interior of the United States, and, and this is what is happening. And, you know, when this starts at such a young age, many do not live. We have been told that um, 7 out of 10 do not survive, and the leading cause of death is actually suicide. So, mm-hmm. you know, when you think about that, it's just urgent that we continue our programming and our outreach as well as locking arms with others around the country who are doing this work
0: yeah. Absolutely. and you just you're the numbers that you're able to support and help are just scratching the surface of yeah. how big that need is. So we wanna get we wanna get behind what the Wellhouse is doing and other organizations similar to it and really provide support to make an even greater impact for people. You know, you and I when we were last together, um when Joy was moving out of town, it was something, that the conversation that you and I had that really struck me. I wanted to touch on that if you would. Mm-hmm. You mentioned it early on. It was like there was something with you and your son I just okay. sensed that happened that really gave you a heart for helping these people because I was trying to understand what, what got you motivated to get involved in this organization because yeah. you didn't have a, like a personal history right. with being a victim or something like that. Yeah. So it's like... But yeah. there was a story that you touched on that I thought you might share a little bit so that maybe someone that, that hasn't been directly affected by this and they don't understand it or it's hard for mm-hmm. them to relate to, they might be able to relate to it indirectly by your mm-hmm. story.
1: Yeah. So, Tim, this is a, a story um, that could take quite a while, so I will try to, to not <laughs> do that. But to let you know, yeah. um, years ago when my son was a teenager, um, I didn't understand what I was seeing at that time, but it was the beginnings of severe depression, and mm-hmm. that followed him through high school and then through his efforts to get into college. And then, his he after he finished his first year of college, he met a young lady. She was beautiful, delightful, just you know, sweet, nice. Um, but it ended up that she was heavily into drugs. And she and others, um, there was no shortage of what they offered my son. And, and they pulled him into that. And as a person battling depression, and Jay unfortunately has treatment-resistant depression. And those who understand this, um, this mental health issue know exactly what I mean. And, and let me back up and say, I am in no way blaming anyone for Jay's substance use. Mm-hmm. Um, He was not raised around that. He wasn't not not ever, you know, that was never anything that was thought to be a good thing. But what he told me at one point during this journey was that the first time he used drugs was the first time he had ever felt normal in his life. And so looking back on it, you know, and again, and I, I didn't, you don't know what you don't know, but looking back, I realized that that self-medication was doing something, you know, changing the chemical balance in his brain. And he was feeling Mm -hmm. normal for the first time. And he was. The problem is that if you also have that uh, genetic disposition towards addiction, you don't know when to stop. You know, if one pill makes you feel normal, finally, imagine what five will do. And again, there was no shortage of supply within this relationship that he had developed. Um, And so the two of them ended up getting married. And then they had this precious little girl. Um, You know, what a blessing. And then a, a very serious domestic violence incident took place that landed my son in the hospital. And as he was in the hospital, he began revealing what life had actually been like. And he begged us to take action to um, get his daughter. And so we did. We you know, went through the family court steps and went through all, all that that involves. And she's been with us ever since. There, there's never been a time... When she has been returned to custody of either of those parents, there's never been a time when either of them were able to gain above supervised visitation, and for the mother, we we discovered that it wasn't so much the drug use with her, but there were other things going on, and we discovered what we would call now a prelude to human trafficking with the mother. Um I, I won't go into all of that. It's pretty devastating, but there there is not a single doubt in my mind. I can't prove this, but, you know, sometimes you have to go with that gut feeling. And I truly believe that my granddaughter would have been the victim of some type of human trafficking yeah. had she stayed in that environment. And especially since my son could not be there to intervene and and be a part of that. And so Jay has been on this journey to healing since that time. And that's been, um, gosh, 11 years now. That's how long we've been working through this. Um, It seems like every month we learn something more about his mental health challenges and um, and he's now in a place where he's willing to acknowledge it and to work on it and get to a healthy place. But um, transitioning that over to the well house, I don't believe I could have been as effective in working with the survivors as, I, as we are able to be without having gone through that with my son. Um, yeah. and, and there's just so much there. First of all, the mental health issues everyone that comes to the Well House is struggling with trauma and usually some type of severe mental health issue. I understand what it means. When, I understand the reasons behind their drug use and how hard it is to overcome. And so where some programs might dismiss someone immediately if they're caught abusing drugs, we don't do that. We we just look at it differently. We gr- regroup and um, uh, adjust their treatment plan and, you know, move forward as long as they're willing, of course. This is all voluntary. It's
0: more symptomatic of a deeper problem than yeah. the problem itself.
1: Yeah, ab- absolutely. And um, also one thing, one of the things that landed my son in the hospital, you know, 11 years ago was a head injury. And again, I, I won't go into all of that, but I began recognizing in our survivors at the Wellhouse house some of the same struggles that Jave is having. And I started learning about traumatic brain injuries and what that looked like and how difficult that made healing uh, for, for folks. And so we have now uh, begun doing head injury assessments on every new person who comes to the well house. And we've actually done it, done those assessments also on all of our residents. And sure enough, a high percentage of them have head injuries, and there is help out there. Um, there's, a, you know, I I'm not. I wouldn't say especially with adults. There's complete healing from that, but there's certainly um, tools to help them to adjust and help them to know how to manage it. So, yeah, I um, I, I honestly do not believe that I could have been as effective at the wall house without having gone through what we've gone through with Jay. And, and he gets that too. Um, he and I regularly discuss issues, um, surrounding what they're dealing with. And, and sometimes he will just come out with something that will just cause a light to go on. And I'll think, Oh, that's what's happening. Let me go back and deal with that. And so, I'm appreciative of his journey, and I'm appreciative of what it has contributed to the well house. Um, I wouldn't wish it on anyone. Any parent of a yeah. child who has gone through this knows this is, you know, some of the hardest um, challenges you will ever face. But mm-hmm. it is what God allowed, and and we go with it.
0: Well, I think it's um, my sense is. It's developed tremendous empathy and capacity within you, uh, though it's not directly related, it's indirectly related to what Jay's experienced that enables you to understand and care for and have empathy for um, the people that are coming through your organization and the leadership that you're providing to the staff and the donor community to make an impact in these people's lives. Because you've experienced it yourself yeah. directly in your own family, though not, maybe not the exact same things, right. but similar things that enables you to be just full of a you know, huge heart for um, yeah. making an impact in your community.
1: Yeah, Tim, a couple of things there. Um, it, is, it is a rare thing for someone to come to this work without having dealt with something. And it yes. doesn't all look alike. Some of our um, folks, it was sexual abuse in their childhood. Um, some, it was a parent who was an alcoholic. You know, we've all come to this work with something. And the important mm-hmm. thing is that we um, we have done our own work. You know, first of all, through the yeah. power of the Holy Spirit and through what God offers—that healing that He offers. And just our own therapeutic work um, is just very important that we come to this work with that. And secondly, for me, I had to recognize my own, um, you know, empathy is great, but codependency isn't. Um, I had this great Mm -hmm. desire to fix everyone. And so that might lead me to enable some behaviors that I should not enable. And fortunately, I have a great staff who, um, they hold me accountable when I'm starting to move in that direction. And we, you know, get ourselves back in line. So, you know, there's a there's a fine line there, especially with a mother. You know, I mean, this is our child. Yeah. And we are not giving up on our child. But one of the worst things that we can do is stand in God's way when He is trying to allow some things to happen. To bring that child to where he needs to be, and I've learned I've learned to apply that at the well house also.
0: Yeah. Well, ahead of the show, um, I asked you, you know, within the reflect the life you want, the reflect acrostic, which one of the chapters that most resonated with you and for you, you indicated the R, which is recognize the power to change, and you're you're just talking about some of that, you know, that power that's happened from a faith standpoint, but also that the awareness, self awareness for yourself. That you've had to grow as an individual, as a person, as a leader, as a mother, to be the best version of yourself so you can effectively lead yeah. others.
1: Yeah. I, I mean, I think you just summed it up for me. <laughs> just, yeah. I, I feel like I am on a daily journey to what you just called self-awareness and healing, yeah. and it is never-ending. Um you know, at this age where I have adult children, I now have grandchildren, um, I would say to anyone and everyone, it's never too late, and um, whether you're looking to to just grow as a person, to change careers, um, just to move out and, you know, just do something that you never dreamed that you would do, but that maybe, you know, our calling, I, I probably have a little different opinion on calling than some people I believe that we're all called Mm -hmm. to love God and to love people. Yeah. Where we're assigned, that's how we live out that calling. And so our assignments Mm -hmm. can change over years. You know, I I don't know that I'll be at the White House next year. God may have something different in mind. It's not my plan to change. I I hope I'm here until, you know, I I absolutely have to not be here. But I I don't know. So we don't know sometimes and we, we just fear cripple cripples us sometimes. And we have to let go of that fear and just know that, you know, regardless of the age, there's still a great life to be lived.
0: Yeah. Well, I appreciate you sharing that, Carolyn. I think that is so, so true. And in my coaching with men, we spend a lot of time focusing on. What are those areas of our life? What are those dreams? What are those unique callings, talents, giftings yeah. that have been placed within us that is meant to be shared with the world and what kind of contribution we can make? And it sounds like, for me, you've really stepped into that perfect um, situation where because of your life experience, God's placed you in this situation where you're being utilized um uh, as an instrument for his kingdom, you know, to make an impact on these people's lives. And, you know, this idea that um, everything gets used for good, right? So what happened with Jay was not good. Yeah. But the the awareness it's given you and the empathy it's given you, your ability now to lead an organization and make an impact in other people's lives and hopefully potentially avoid, just like in Clara's situation, avoid a a pattern being repeated is huge. So. Yep. There will be good that will come from that.
1: Absolutely. I mean, it it is an absolute honor to serve in the capacity that God has allowed me to serve in. And, you know, I become, Mm -hmm. uh, this is, um, my staff would say this is a boundary issue, but I become friends with these these survivors and these ladies. And often I will go to them with a prayer request before I will go to anyone else. Um, they that's they cool. just embrace faith and embrace the offer of what Christ offers so intensely and so beautifully, yeah. and and I get to witness that. Mm-hmm. So this is this is nothing but just an honor and a privilege for me. Hard work, absolutely, yeah. but you know it is it is a privilege.
0: Well, that's great, and it's it. They're they're honored. They're. They're blessed to have you in the role you are as a leader. So as you, um, I always like to ask two questions towards the end of uh, episodes with guests. And the first question I like to ask is, you know, you've seen a little bit what the Reflect Acrostic is and the Mirror books about a little bit. And, you know, you've talked a little bit about some of the things that you're, working on for yourself to improve, but it's like if you were to just sum it down to one thing that you're really striving to reflect more of the life that you want to live and reflect more of the love of Christ out in the world, what is that one thing for you right now in your life?
1: I think it's a word, not a thing. It's um, excellence, mm-hmm. and Excellent. excellence is not perfection. But just to mm-hmm. live this life that God has given me with excellence and um, maybe grace and excellence would be a better yeah. way. Um, yeah. yeah, I, I don't know Huh? I'm sorry.
0: We all need grace.
1: Yes. And I need to, to extend it as much as I receive it. But um, mm-hmm. I just, you know, God says whatsoever the hand finds to do, do it with all your might. And I, I add the word excellence to that and just striving to be um whatever you know is placed in front of me and um Mm. not ever stopping the dream because i who knows who knows what is around the next corner and and, you know what door is about to. my my
0: co-author the the mirror book project maria spears she and her um co host Mary Catherine Wath, and they have a, a podcast called Girl, Water Your Grass, and I know Joy is connected with uh, Maria uh-huh. before, and they talk about one of the themes of their show is that, you know, God's dreams over our lives are bigger than our own. Yes. And my hunch is, is that there's some really big dreams that you're going to be used as an instrument to, through the well house, to make a huge impact in, uh, in well, the area. Well, thank you for Birmingham saying that. And, Yeah. Yeah. So, <laughs> excuse me. So, if people want to learn more about the wellhouse, the, the mission, the ministry, how to get financially behind that, how to support mm-hmm. that, or how to connect with you and learn more about um, what you're doing there, what's the best way for them to, to learn more?
1: Yeah. So, everything is on our website. It's um, www.vte dash wellhouse.org so it's the-wellhouse.org okay. and everything is okay. there our information our address online giving ways to volunteer it's all there
0: okay well when we do the uh, episode show notes uh, when this episode comes out in a few weeks we will make mm-hmm. sure to have links to the wellhouse website and okay. um if you'd like, we can we can put like uh, your LinkedIn or something like that where people will reach out and connect with you. Okay. But it's um, you know the mission, the work that you're doing is is, is vital. Yeah. It's absolutely vital, and the you know yeah. w- the compassion that you have and, and the the uh, the empathy you have because of your own experience, I think, is huge, and it's being utilized in a way that's uh, yeah. just a tremendous. Example for others is like, okay, we, we've been through some hard things, but it doesn't have to stay that way. And that we can go use what we've learned from these experiences and, and do good for others. So, You know, um, these, these women,
1: think, uh, ladies, and now soon-to-be young girls, um, I, I just get to see them overcome so much. We're actually mm-hmm. writing a book right now. And there's 12 yeah. short stories of survivors who've been through the Wellhouse program. And it's just amazing listening to, listening to them, you know, describe their childhood and then describe where they are right now and how well that they're doing. And so, you know, I'm looking forward to getting that out and having people read that, you know, people's, people who the world would have thought hopeless, they're not. Hopeless,
0: and they can do yeah. great things. Uh, I'll look forward to when the book comes out. Maybe we'll get okay. you back on the show and we can talk yeah. a little bit more and share some of those testimonials and uh, yeah. help raise greater awareness. Well, Carolyn, it's been a pleasure to have you on the show, and I applaud you for the efforts that you're mm-hmm. putting forth, the leadership you're providing, the wellhouse, and the work you're doing, uh, not only locally, but how you're impact, impacting and influencing. Uh, the care for those uh, across our nation, and raising awareness of the issues that we have and that we need to come together as a nation and uh, work together to try to solve.
1: Yes. Well, thank you, Tim. Thank you for helping to spread the awareness and to let me talk about the Wall House and to talk about me. Thank you so much.
0: Absolutely. Well, it's been a distinct pleasure to have you on the show, Carolyn, and I always encourage my guests to go out and live a life of greatness.